You're listening to the Wild Worship Podcast with your host, Kimberly Bulgin. And it is my prayer that somebody will be inspired, that somebody will be excited, that somebody will be challenged to live a life of worship unto God that is wild and free. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate those that have joined the Wild Worship family. If you have not yet subscribed, please make sure that you do and tell somebody to join you as well. We're having a good time over here. Today, let's discuss, let's discuss why physical expression matters in worship. Why physical expression matters in worship. The title of the podcast is No More Worship Zombies. Yeah, because I've, I've been in a lot of congregations and I've seen a lot of expressions that just lack passion. It seems to, anyway, lack um, a desire to really want to be there. And I want to talk about physical expression in worship. I do want to first preface this discussion by saying outright that how we express ourselves outwardly is something secondary to what's primary, which is what's happening on the inside of us. So let me get that out of the way from the beginning. What matters above all things is proclaiming the gospel and glorifying Jesus Christ from the inside out. But I think a discussion can be had about improving how we share, how moved we are, how thrilled we are, how affected we are by the gospel, how grateful we are for the good news of Jesus Christ, particularly in a corporate setting. Let's talk about that today. Now, for those that don't know, I have been a music teacher for several years. That's where that was my first real job. And one of the things that I did while teaching specifically uh, piano or voice was that I spent a lot of time, a considerable amount of time teaching my students about proper posture. When they get ready to start playing the piano, the first thing that we do is we spend time making sure that they're sitting correctly, that their hands are in the right position to be able to play effectively. When I'm teaching voice, we're making sure that our students are standing a certain way, that our mouths are positioned a certain way so that we can get the best possible sound from every person that is singing. If you teach, uh, if you coach basketball or any kind of sport, I'm pretty sure that time is spent making sure that your players are 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 having the the right position to to get the right shot like you want to make sure that their hands are positioned right that they're standing the correct way like posture posture matters posture is not something to be ignored if you want to be effective if you want something to happen a certain way posture needs to be a part of the of the conversation and in a corporate worship setting I have found, and I think you will agree with me, that there are a plethora of various body postures that we find in worship. Um, how we express ourselves in worship will vary from congregation to congregation. There's cultural uh cultural reasons. There's traditional reasons why. There's denominational reasons why. There's personality reasons that come into play that ultimately affects how we respond to the presence of God. But I'm here to suggest to us that all the cultural reasons, all the denominational reasons, all the personality reasons, all the, the things about our background does not ultimately determine what our worship should look like. God is the one that authors our worship and God should be the one that um, initiates what our worship experience should look and feel and sound like. 
So in this episode, I do want to encourage us to become comfortable with all biblical postures for worship that honors and glorifies God. Many of us have not expressed ourselves physically in worship, even though the Bible is full of examples of physical postures of worship that were glorifying God. Ask yourself the question, why haven't you danced before the Lord? Why haven't you shouted unto God? Why haven't you spoken words of worship out loud so that others can hear you? Why, why haven't you sang a song unto the Lord in worship? Why, why are we not bowing down in worship? Why are we not laying out prostrate? Why are we not clapping our hands in worship? Do our hearts, our minds, and our bodies truly reflect the overall biblical case for how we are to respond to God's presence? Does it reflect loving the Lord our God with all that is within us? That's the question that I want us to be considering for ourselves. Because the reality is we do need to be comfortable with filling our corporate worship experiences with expressions that most clearly communicate, clearly communicate to God and to others, because worship is not only about um, a horizontal response or a vertical response, but it's also horizontal. Worship is about glorifying God, and it's also about worshiping God together with other people. Does our worship experience truly communicate to God and to others the value of the one who we worship? How do we grow in this area of expressing ourselves in worship to God in a way that truly engages God and not just how we're feeling in that moment? How do we move past being concerned about others or being concerned about traditions or being concerned about whatever it is that is impeding our worship? How do we grow past this and begin to embrace a fuller, more rich, more exuberant, more passionate worship experience? that truly reflects the God that we serve. The first thing that I think we need to look at, and there's five today, I have five for us, five things that we can focus on. The first thing is remember that you are a display and not a distraction. You are a display and not a distraction. See, we often think that our bodies are a problem. We often think that our body is the enemy when it comes to worship. And that lie is stemmed in a, in a historical view called Gnosticism, which basically means that spiritual things are good, but physical things are evil. That our bodies are not to be trusted is you know, many of us grew up thinking that, you know, dancing was of the devil and it was just like something that we were not supposed to do. Yeah. That belief stems way, way back hundreds, hundreds of years ago where people thought that spiritual things were good, but physical things were evil. But when we suggest that, what we're actually suggesting, <laughs> what we're actually suggesting is that God cannot be glorified through our bodies. We're suggesting that God cannot, um, play an active role, play an active positive role in our bodies. We're saying that um, our physical bodies cannot have a positive impact on our human spiritual experience. That's what we're saying. If our bodies are inherently evil, we're essentially saying that God can't come on in this evil body and do something with it to his, to his, to his glory and for his honor. The crucial point here that I want us to grab hold of 
is that the posture and physical expression that we can utilize in true worship, it does not distract from God's glory, but it actually displays God's glory. So when people see you lifting your hands, when people see you clapping, when people seeing you bow, when people see you stand, when people see you crying, when people see you singing unto God with all that is within you, you're not making a scene. You're not drawing attention to yourself. You're actually drawing attention to God because God is utilizing your worship. God is utilizing what you have been through, what your experience is to bring glory to himself. So begin to just eradicate the idea from your mind that if you uh, get exuberant in your worship, that you're somehow causing a distraction. You're not a distraction. What you're doing is, is you're bringing God glory. You're putting yourself on display, not for yourself, but for the glory of God. The next way we can grow in our physical expression and worship is just to be real. Be real. Be real. Be real, y'all. Nobody likes fake. And the question I have, I know I hear this all the time. This is what I'll hear. And tell me if I'm lying or not. Tell me, tell me if I'm telling the truth. Oh man, worship was so good today. I felt like I was just bursting on the inside. I wanted to run around the church or I was so excited about what was happening in worship today. I, I wanted to lift my hands, but I, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Or I just wanted to shout, but I, you know, I, I, I kept quiet for whatever reason. And they fill in the reason with whatever they may be going through, but for whatever reason, they find themselves stifling their worship. They, they find themselves not truly being genuine and ignoring their physical response to what happening in the worship experience saints nobody likes fake nobody likes fake real worship flows from the heart first it flows from the heart and whatever is happening on the inside ought to be expressed on the outside don't let church be the place where your body cannot express what your mind is feeling don't let worship experiences be the place where your body cannot express what your mind is thinking. You know, in relationships, you know, our bodies naturally do what our minds are thinking about. If you see somebody that you love, your hands automatically open up to give them a hug and to embrace them. Um, if you are excited about what some a, a family member or a friend is doing, you know, you may be at a at a soccer game or you may be, you know, wanting to cheer somebody on. You may clap your hands. You may lift up your hands and say woohoo! Like you're you're gonna do something that reflects what you're thinking on the on the inside. And I'm saying to us, when we neglect the bodily aspect of worship, we end up worshiping God with our minds, but we leave our bodies at home. So you can imagine if you're like at a basketball game and your daughter is playing really well, but your body is not letting anybody else know that you're really proud of what your daughter is doing. Yeah. That's the same thing that we do in the church setting. We may be excited on the inside, but for whatever reason, we feel like it's like, it's not okay to express how good God has been on the outside as well. Give your body permission to genuinely outwardly express what's happening inwardly. And your worship experience will definitely go to another level. The next thing that we can do to grow in our in our expression of worship is to make it spiritual make it spiritual make it spiritual our culture is full of physical expressions okay like when somebody wants to bow before their future spouse specifically men <laughs> 
I know some women are doing it lately, but that's another, that's another podcast. <laughs> when men get on one knee and bow, that is a sign of what? Humility. It's a sign of adoration, right? Uh, when somebody lifts up their hands in our cultural setting, it usually is an indication that we are responding to something amazing that just took place, like an amazing task. When we stand, like when the president comes uh, to a specific gathering, most people are going to stand as a, as, as a demonstration of honor and respect in our culture. When somebody dances in our culture, we, we are expressing celebration. We're expressing intimacy. We're expressing individuality. When we clap within the Western culture, we're clapping when something pleases us. We're clapping when something makes us happy. When we shout in our culture, we, and we do shout <laughs> in our culture, we do this because we are, it's usually a sign of exuberance. It's, it's, a, it's a sign of passion. It's a sign of celebration. So my question to us is, if all these uh, physical postures are welcomed and embraced within our own culture, why is it such a stretch for it to be embraced and welcome in our spiritual culture? It, particularly if the Bible makes it very clear that all those physical expressions that I just mentioned are found within the word of God. The Psalms say to worship and bow down. The Psalms talk about lifting up our hands in the sanctuary. The Bible talks about standing in the house of the Lord and, and, and just standing before him in praise. The Bible does talk about making dancing before the Lord and clapping our hands and shouting joyfully to him. I mean, without throughout all of scripture, we'll find all these postures. My suggestion to us is to make it spiritual. So yes, you clap your hands in contexts that are outside of the house of God, but I challenge us to take those same hands that you use to clap in another in another environment and bring that same attitude of wanting to celebrate and of wanting to be exuberant and bring that into the house of God and spiritualize it. That's what I'm talking about. Make it, make it spiritual, make it spiritual. Number four, do not be afraid of being fake. <laughs> don't be afraid of being fake. Some of us, I believe, we don't exchange, engage, engage in physical expression and worship because we're afraid of it being artificial. We're afraid of dishonoring God by coming off as a hypocrite. We're afraid of what others will think of us. We're afraid of being tied to emotionalism and not being tied to something that's real that comes from the heart. But my friends, what I'm here to say to us is the fear of being fake should not outweigh or paralyze our desire to express ourselves in worship. Don't become so afraid that you're not willing to do anything in worship at all. That's not what should be happening. I do believe that there should be, you know, a, a, a sincere desire to make sure to make sure that our motives are pure. Yes. But I don't believe that we should get to the space where we're so afraid of being fake that we do nothing in the presence of God. And if you don't feel like it, if you don't feel like lifting your hands, if you don't feel like being exuberant in your worship, I would suggest that you begin to fill your mind with the truth of who God is, begin to fill your mind with the truth of his character and what he's done for you and respond to that truth. It's okay to stir up your affections with our actions right? Studies show, studies show that when you contract your muscles, uh, that make you smile, 
it's really hard to get angry. And conversely, when you contract muscles that make you frown, it's really hard to smile. That's what I call the sacrifice of praise. Coming into the house of God, even though you may not be feeling the most happiest and choosing to give God praise anyway, despite how you may be feeling, that's not fake. That's making a decision to give God praise despite how you may be feeling on the inside. And every single time, I kid you not, the more you choose to praise God despite how you're feeling, the more genuine it will become. Don't be afraid of being fake. Bring God into your worship experience and it will always be genuine. It will always come from a real place. And then lastly, if you want to grow in your physical expression, if you want to grow in embracing different biblical postures of worship I just invite you to practice <laughs> practice makes perfect as I said earlier you know when I was teaching students about singing and about playing the piano at first for many it was very uncomfortable it felt very foreign half, having to stand a certain way or having to you know place their fingers on the keyboard a certain way at the you know the first few times it was very 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 unusual for them and it took a it took a while for them to kind of break some habits and get into the correct posture and the same thing happens for us as Christians if we want to stretch ourselves in worship if we want to challenge ourselves in our worship response to God it's going to take some practice the first time that you clap your hands in worship if you've never done it before it may feel a little unusual the first time that you lift your hands in worship it might not always immediately feel like this is what you should be doing but I challenge us that if we want to express ourselves more to God in biblical ways, sometimes you're just going to have to go ahead and just start practicing it and allow God to allow God to navigate our response to him in a way that's pleasing and honoring to him. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to actually spend some time breaking down even more, like going into more detail, how uh, our worship expressions, how our physical worship expressions uh, serve God, how it serves ourselves and how it serves others in a corporate worship experience. We're going to talk about speaking words of worship. We're going to talk about shouting in the presence of God. We're going to talk about what does it mean to sing a new song unto the Lord? What does it mean to, why should we lift up our hands? Why should we bow? Why should we lay prostrate? Why should we dance? Why should we clap? You know, how, how do these postures, how do these things help me worship God? with all of my mind, with all of my heart, with all of my soul? How does it serve the body of Christ? How does it serve me? How does it bring glory to God when I choose to exercise these postures of worship? I'm looking forward to talking more about it with you, and I hope that you will join me on this journey as we seek to be more sincere and real in our worship experience. The Bible says, as I'm closing, that it says that the Lord our God is one, and we should love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. And I pray that all of us today have been challenged to examine our hearts more thoroughly and ask ourselves, God, does my worship reflect loving you with everything that is within me? When people see me worship, are they thinking, what are they thinking about? Like, are they seeing God being reflected through me or are they seeing somebody that is holding back? Are they seeing somebody that is genuinely excited about who God is or are they seeing a different picture? I pray that this will help us to probably think through these questions and in the coming weeks, I'm looking forward to how we can grow in our physical expressions to God as we grow in our inward expression to God as well. 
At the end of the day, I just want to see a bunch of wild worshipers <laughs> who seeks to exalt their Lord and Savior more sincerely, more wholeheartedly, and more passionately in every single worship experience that you come in contact with. I pray that this has blessed you. Share it with somebody. Make sure you tune in next week when you'll come back and talk even more about what it means to be a wild worshiper. Thank you.